Yo, what's up? Welcome to the underground. A place to hit a water guy before you go six feet in the underground. And who am I? Just the voice of one calling out, saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew chapter three, verse one through three. It says, in those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. Amen. Amen. He was a voice shouting in the wilderness, the wilderness of America, the wilderness of Europe, the wilderness of your city, the wilderness of your state, the wilderness of your school. We got to be a voice telling the people, prepare the way for the Lord is coming. And then we all know Jesus was saying the same thing in Matthew chapter four, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that's what we're here today to do, man. We here to just shout it on the rooftop. We here to let people know, hey man, God is coming. I know y'all been hearing that and think, oh man, no, ain't nobody coming. You know, and I know we be thinking that and we get in our ways and we just start getting comfortable. But hey man, we always gotta be ready. All right? You always gotta be ready, young person. You know? We always like to say, don't let nobody catch you slipping. Well, don't let God catch you slipping. Yeah, that's the person we need to worry about uh, not, let, not uh, letting us catch us slipping. That's the person we need to worry about. We so worried about other people and groups of people and gangs and all that type of stuff. Talking about, don't let them catch you slipping, man. Don't let Jesus catch you slipping. Because like the scripture says, he comes like a thief in the night and you don't know when he coming. So is your life prepared for God to run up on you like that? Is your life prepared? Do you have the fruits? Do you have a lifestyle? Are you sanctified? Are you set apart for God to run up on you like that? Or is he going to catch you slipping saying, I wasn't ready? I wasn't prepared. I don't want that to be you. And I don't want that to be me. So we got to be in this word. You see what I'm saying? We need to be before God daily, praying, seeking him. So we can know what is the will of God for my life. I don't want to get caught slipping. And why do we do this? Why do we uh, keep being in the word? Why do we keep professing and teaching people and yelling out what God wants us to do to our family members, to our friends. Hosea chapter four and six says, my people are being destroyed because they don't know me. Since you priests refuse to know me, 
I refuse to recognize you as my priest. God said, since you refuse to get to know me, since you refuse to get to know my word, I'm going to refuse you as my people. I don't want that to be for us. I don't want that to be for you, young man. I don't want that to be for you, young lady. Stop re refusing the teachings of God. Since you have forgotten the laws of God, I will forget to bless your children. Do y'all see that? Do y'all hear what God is saying? I will forget to bless your children. Since y'all want to forget about me, I forget to bless those children of yours. Who? that's harsh. That's God. And he don't apologize for nothing that he says. That's wrong. How can a perfect being be wrong? That's the, what the word of God says, man. And we need to come up, up under the authority of the word of God. And I don't want to hear some man wrote that. Ain't no man wrote that. Ain't no man smart enough to write a book like this. What college he went to? We can go to any Ivy League college. He can have a, a thousand master degrees. You still can't write a book like this. This is the breath of God on this book. And the breath of God on this book saying, my people are being destroyed because they don't know me. They ignore me. They are they ignoring the prophets, the preachers, the pastors, the bishops that I send their way. They are ignoring my word. They're ignoring my mercy. They're ignoring my compassion. They're ignoring my patience. They're ignoring it. Like they got all day. They just treating me like some old uh, jump off, basically. Like I ain't important. I'm just a nobody. Okay. And since you want to ignore me, he said, since you want to forget about me, I forget to bless your children. Hmm. We got certain cities that they always look well on the news. We, we don't know if this is true or not, but, uh, saying that you know that there's a epidemic with the youth dying and the youth for gang violence and so many young people are dying these days could it be that god has for, forgot to bless our children and i'm not talking to a specific group of people this can go for all groups of people but i'm just saying uh could it be that he forgot to bless our children is this why we have an epidemic of young people dying in the streets, dying from gun violence, from gang violence, dying from AIDS and things like that? Could it be because God forgot to bless our children? Because we are forgetting the laws of God. The generation before that forgot the laws of God. So he forgetting to bless our children. So we need to be in a word, y'all. We need to find out what is God saying to us, okay? We need to help each other, you know, figure out, okay, look, look, this is what God's saying, you know. Get some Bible studies going. Get some underground churches going. Get some home churches going. I don't know. Do what you got to do. If you Look, your community is waiting on you. 
If you don't got no church in your community, if you don't got no Bible studies going in your community, hey, let's go ahead and get it going. You start something then. There's a void there because the void is waiting on you to fill it. Yeah, God created the void. Why don't you fill it? Why don't you fill it with the talents God gave you? Why don't you fill it with the ministry God gave you? Fill it. You don't need no building. You don't need no building fund. You don't need no promotion. You don't need to know how many people coming. Whoever comes, just be ready. Preach the word. Lay hands on people. Pray for people. Evangelize to people. And when you do that, I want you to know a prophet sorrows. That's what we're going to be talking about today. I wanted to read this. I read this uh, this morning. I said, oh, it's, oh that's, that's good. I'm going to talk about that because I know somebody, it may be a couple of y'all out there may be feeling like this. Maybe a whole bunch of y'all feeling like this. A prophet sorrows. And I want you to know, hey, Jesus felt like that too. And this is just a couple, just four, four verses, five verses. And we just go see what a prophet got to go through sometimes. And I want you to know you won't be exempt. The man of God, the woman of God who speaks the word of God. I want you to know you go through some sorrows because of that. You go through some insecurities because of that you go through feeling like you you're not being heard because of that but this is the part of it okay do not feel bad do not feel like you're alone okay okay here we go we say is this when jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations he left that part of the country. When Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustration, can you imagine God just down here on earth telling stories? Can you imagine just being around God and he just kicking it with you, telling you stories, shooting game with you? You know what I'm saying? Kicking knowledge to you, kicking wisdom to you. That's what he was doing in Matthew chapter 13, y'all. If you read, if you go ahead and read chapter 13, he was telling about parables of the scattered seed. You know, he was telling about parables of the wheat and the weeds. And, you know, he was telling about the parable of the yeast. And then he explained it to people. And then he'll tell he was telling about parables of hidden treasures and the pearl. And then parables about the fishing net. He was just kicking it with people, telling them stories about the kingdom. He had such a gift on how to relate the everyday life to the kingdom. Just going through life, sharing the kingdom with people. Going through life, talking about the kingdom of God to people. Going to work, just talking to people about God's kingdom. Going to school. Just talking to people about God's kingdom. Going to the grocery store. 
may roll up on somebody, may be talking to somebody, and he'll just start talking to people about God's kingdom. That's what we're supposed to be doing. At the gym, have the opportunity to talk to somebody about God's kingdom. At church, talking to people about God's kingdom. In your neighborhood, at your bus stop, in gym class, just using the opportunity to talk to people about God's kingdom. When the last time you talked to people about God's kingdom? I'm going to let you answer that question, you know, because that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what Jesus was doing. And if we're trying to be Christ-like, we should be trying to do things that he was doing. All right, it says when Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown. So Jesus coming back to where he was brought up at. You know, he coming back to his friends. He coming back to where he grew up at. He coming back where he ran them streets at. You know, he coming back where he probably was hooping at in the front yard, hooping on the street, playing football, playing high ball. He coming back there. He coming back to where he used to get the 25 cent chips at the uh, corner store, where he used to get the pickles at the corner store, where he used to get cool cups at. He going back to that town, <laughs> his hometown. You know, he coming back to his hometown where his grandma used to say, go give me that switch. He coming back there. He coming back to the hometown where uh, his mama probably used to say, go on up yonder and go tell Miss Thomas to give me some sugar. Huh? He going back. Everybody knew him. Everybody know. Oh, that's, that's Jesus. Hey, Jesus. He going back there. You know, he going back to a place where he would think. Oh, they going to be excited about the ministry I got going on. Oh, they going to be pumped about what I got going on. They going to support what I got going on. They going to encourage what I got going on. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm excited to go back here. Yeah, it's going to be so much love when I go around here. Yeah, because see, because they knew how much it took for me to get to where I'm at. So I know they're going to be excited for me. Yeah, that's where he going. He going back to that place, his hometown. His hometown. When he talked there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, his teaching. Everyone was so amazed at his teaching. I want you to know that people can be amazed at your teaching. But that don't mean that they really listening. They can be amazed at your teaching, but that don't mean that they believe what you're talking about. So I just want you to don't let the flattering lips get you so big headed. Don't let the flattering lips get you off the purpose of God. Don't let the flattering lips have people crowning you too early, making you king when it ain't your time to be that. OK, don't let the flattering lips talk you out of going to the cross. 
don't let flattering lips do that. Because like I said, people may always be amazed at your gift. They come from God. They should be amazed. <laughs> you know, everything God does, it is amazing. So I can get that. But we don't want to get... We want we, we we don't want to get high off the compliments of people. We don't want to get high off the praise of people. See, because you can get so high that it overdose and kill you, kill your ministry, kill your purpose, kill your calling, kill your influence when you get too high off the praise of man. Everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and power to do miracles? Where does he get this, uh, this power and this wisdom to do miracles? Then they scoffed. Oh, he's just a carpenter, son. Oh, that's just, oh, girl, that ain't nobody. That's just uh, Jimmy's son. Yeah, that ain't nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, girl, that, that, oh, that's just Mary's daughter. You remember her? Yeah, the one who used to be out here acting a fool. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess she didn't find Jesus, girl, but mm -hmm, anyways. <laughs> anyways, what you cooking tonight? Uh-huh. Family members. Oh, that's just him. He, he really ain't, oh, yeah, I guess he, 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 he didn't find God again, girl. He sent, he sent his scriptures again, girl. She quoting scriptures again, girl. We'll see how long that lasts. Scoffing, making fun. That may be you right now. You may be feeling like that. You may be feeling like everything that you, you, you really want to see your family saved. You really want to see your close friends saved. You can talk to them about everything and you'll get a response. But as soon as you want to talk about God, silence. Why is that? This is the prophet sorrow. This is why. This is the prophet sorrow. That you can get him, uh, they people want to, uh, you can invite them to parties, invite them to uh, cookouts, invite them to uh, graduations, invite them to weddings. But anytime it's something about God, silent. Why is that? That's a prophet sorrow. That's a prophet sorrow. And you're not alone. Your king went through this. Let's keep going. He's just a carpenter, son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brother, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. Just because you know my family don't mean you know me. Yeah. Yeah, just because you knew me when I was young, just because you knew me a couple of years ago, just because you knew me a couple of uh, months ago don't mean you know me. See, because I'm walking with God, so every day I'm growing. Every day I'm being renewed. 
So you might have knew me yesterday don't mean that I'm, I may be that same person. Every day I'm being renewed in my mind, in my walk. Yeah, just because you grew up with me and we went to school together don't mean you know me. I am not the same person that was four years ago, five years ago. She is not the same person 10 years ago. She been walking with God. What? You, what? I, I, I really understand the frustration when people really think they still know you or they feel like you still the same person. Man, I've been walking with God. I've been talking with God. I've been on my face before God. How, how dare you think I will ever be the same when I come from the presence of God? So they said, oh, we know Mary, his mother, and his brother, James, Joseph, Simon. In Judas. Yeah, that's cool. But understand, I'm set apart. From everybody you just named, out James and Joseph and Simon and Judas, that's cool, you know them. But see, I've been sanctified and set apart. Yeah, I'm on that narrow path. Don't ever get this twisted. And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Let me go back. To, uh, let's read verse 56. I'm sorry. All his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. They offended by your growth. That's a that's 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 a prophet sorrow. That the more you grow with God, people are gonna be offended. You're going to offend people. You may not even say nothing. Just your walk alone is gonna offend people. It's gonna make people upset. Just your 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 glow with walking with God, your statue with walking with God, the anointing that you carry with walking with God is going to offend people. Still, you haven't even opened your mouth. But when you open your mouth and begin to proclaim the goodness of God, the glory of God the power of God, you're going to offend people. Are you ready for that, prophet? Are you ready to be offensive to people? When you open your mouth, or, or, are, you, or are you too caught up and want to be buddy buddies with everybody? Be cool with everybody. Be on one accord with everybody. 
You want to be invited to the family cookouts. You want to be invited to the family vacations. You want to be invited to the uh, Christmas and the Thanksgivings. Because you just love your family so much. Right? See, this one, this is what Jesus was talking about. If a man, let me let me look up this verse real quick, see, because I want y'all to understand this is the part that we may have a, a different understanding on. Just a moment. I'm looking up the verse. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 37. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. See what I'm saying? That's what that's what that verse means. It ties into what I'm talking about right now. You're going to offend probably your mother. You're going to offend probably your father. You're going to offend maybe your kids, maybe your brothers, maybe your sisters, maybe your best friends when you start to walk in this walk with God. When you begin to pick up your cross, you're going to offend the people you grew up with. You're going to offend people in your hometown. And you may offend people even, even in your own home. You may be a husband right now. And you may be offensive to your, your wife and your kids because you picking up your cross. You may be offensive. You may be a wife right now. You may be offensive to your husband and your kids because now you're picking up your cross. You're starting to speak the word of God in your home. And you're offensive to people. They're looking at you like, well, ain't you the same? They still think you're the same person. But God has done something new in your life. God has healed you. God has given you a new heart. And you cannot help but to speak the good news of God. You're not trying to do this. You're not trying to put on no uh, Academy Award performance. It's just what God has done to you. And now you're, you're coming off offensive to people. You may be a young person right now. God has done something in your life. He has turned your whole life around, gave you a new heart, a new mind. And now you're, you're starting to be offensive to your brothers and sisters and your, maybe your mom and your dad. But I'm here to tell you to turn down for what? I'm going to tell you, keep turning up. Keep speaking that word of God. See, because you love God more than you love anybody else. You love the, what God has called you to do. You love the purpose of God. You love the will of God. 
you are you are, you are now starting to embrace the cross. You two stepping with the cross now. You line dancing with the cross now. Yeah, you stepping with the cross now. Mm-hmm. You doing love slides with the cross now. So I'm telling you, embrace that cross. Embrace being offensive to people. Embrace the sorrow of being a prophet. And then he says, and they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. I want you to know people ain't going to believe in you. These is people in his own time, by the way. You know? But they ain't finna believe in you. Believe, come on now. You gotta, you gotta be ready for people not to be supporting you. It's gonna be people, uh, people far away, far away. People not people who don't speak your same language. That's that may be people who support you, but to thank people from your own town, your own community, your own people, go support you, man. Look, they ain't do it for Jesus. I mean. And you know, a servant ain't no better than his teacher. They refuse to believe in what he was saying. They go refuse to believe in what you're talking about. Refuse to believe in your vision. Refuse to believe in your calling. Refuse to believe in your gifts. They are hardened to it. They have a pharaoh heart towards it. Yeah. Mm-mm. They're not going to believe in it. Mm-mm. I I know them is what they're what they think. Mm-mm, I know them. I know them. I know her. I know her. Mm-mm, I, I I refuse to believe that she walking with God and she got a. Uh-uh, I refu- I know him. I seen him when he was out there in them streets like that. Uh-uh, I seen her when she was drinking and clubbing and hoeing around. Uh-uh, I know her. I refuse to believe that she just got a whole calling from God. No, no, no. I refuse to believe. Are you ready for that? Is that going to hurt your feelings? Because if it is, that means you're not worthy of the cross. You're not worthy to follow God, what scripture says. Right? If you let that hurt you. If you let that stop you from, from walking with God. Right? Again, let's read it again. Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. Anyone who loves their father, anyone who loves the relationship with their father more then my calling, anyone, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. You love the acceptance of your mother and your father more than you love doing my will. You love the acceptance, the praise, the friendships of your brothers and your sisters or your boyfriend and your girlfriend, you love that acceptance. You love that love. You love that praise more than you love the will of God for your life. And God says, that's cool. Just know you're not worthy to walk with me. Mm. God got some high standards, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. See, where you think you get your high standards from? See, you thought you had high standards because you just graduated. You thought you had high standards because you got some money. You thought you had high standards because you got your hair did. 
You thought you had high standards because where you stay at. You thought you had high standards because what political party you was with. No, you get high standards. You get it from God. See, everything good in you, you get it from God. Don't ever forget that. It'll keep you humble, keep you from getting on that high horse. And I don't want God to have to come knock you down off your little horse like he did your boy Paul. Oops, Saul. Knocked him down so hard he didn't change his name. Uh oh. <laughs> Man, you know he knocked him down hard when you just change your whole identity. Right? But yeah, this is a prophet's sorrow. And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told him, told them, excuse me, y'all. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own own hometown and among his own family. So don't let that shock you. This is a word for you. This is a word for somebody who's finna, I mean, you're finna start just walking in the will of God. And I just don't want you to be taken back if you don't get that support that you think you should be getting. I don't want you to be taken back if you think you're not getting that encouragement that you feel like, well, why are they not? Hey, the word tells us, hey, you're not going to be accepted in your own hometown and amongst your family, maybe. If you do, hey, you're blessed. You're blessed. But you know the word don't lie. 58. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. And that's the sad part. That because of the unbelief and what God is doing, not in you, not the unbelief in you, but the unbelief that they can't see and believe what God is doing in your life. He don't do no miracles amongst them. That's really the, the sad part of the prophet. When he can look at his probably close people or people around him. And because they refuse to see what God is doing in your life, you know that many miracles can't happen. You may be looking at somebody who's going to stay the same. Their hearts may stay hard. See, there's people praying right now, God, do a miracle in my life. God, show me, show me you, God. As people praying it right now, God, show me a sign that you're real. And your sister or your brother or your uncle is right next to you. And you have seen them turn their life around. But because you're so familiar with them, because you have no honor for them at all, you can't see what God is doing. He's showing you a sign right next to you. He's showing you a sign right in your own home. But you think they just going through some phase. Is that what you think God is, a phase? Are they just going through the motions? Now, nah, God is doing something in them. They go, your sign that God is real. 
And nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, he took the worst one out of uh, the family missed and turned them around. Look. Look and give God the praise for what he did to your brother. Give God the praise what he did to your sister. Give God the praise what he doing for your auntie. Give God the praise what he did for your mama. Give God the praise what he did for your daddy. Give God the praise with what he did for your uncle. And maybe he can do a miracle in your life. Revelations 3 and 3. It says, remember then what you receive and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief. And you will not know at what hour I will come against you. A prophet sorrow the underground.